All right. All right. Yeah. All right. I am now joined by Dan Walden, who is a writer with uh, bylines at many places, uh, like uh, such as Current Affairs, uh, and uh, is a uh, is a both a lefty political guy and uh, a devout papist, and uh, I uh, um, I thought I'd I'd start out you know I just uh, uh, you know like to do this at the beginning of these by having guests repeat something after me which is uh, God is dead. God is not dead. Damn it! Damn you! <laughs> I have to fail the course now. You have to fail me. Oh, I'm going to enjoy failing you. <laughs> In this room, there's one God. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. That's what it says in my syllabus. Um, yeah, so uh, Dan and I, we were both on a um, live stream for the podcast Bad Takes last week uh to talk about a 2014 film called uh god's not dead how would you describe god's not dead to someone who hasn't seen it god's not dead is a a piece of like weird evangelical like persecution psychodrama with shockingly high like basic production values but but that remains like a piece of in, uh, like of, of insane persecution psychodrama. Uh, <clears throat> it 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 is about it, it is about as bad as one of these movies can get. I mean, it's it's not it's not a so bad it's good movie. It's just relentlessly bad all the way through. Yeah, fair enough. So it is about a evil atheist philosophy professor who forces all the students in his class to write down God is dead on a piece of paper at the beginning of the, on the first day of class. And then when one student, um, like, you know, Marine Todd of the old email chain, uh, story, uh, refuses to do so. The professor forces him to, uh, to do a debate with him in front of the class about the existence of God, uh, and uh, warns him that he will get a failing grade on this assignment, almost certainly. Uh, but of course, his faith is strong, and he uh, goes through with it. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lightly spoil the plot of God. God's not dead. Um, and uh, in a climactic scene, he demands to know if the professor why he hates God, and the professor breaks down and basically says, "Because his mom died." So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there you, uh, there you have it. Uh, when we were talking about the movie, I, I remember a point that you made to me is that, you know, when you think about, um, you know, people, you're, you know, I don't know, Thomas Aquinas's and St. Augustine's and whatnot, who are, who are doing serious apologetics as you, as you understand it the point of the exercise isn't actually to like sort of prove beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, to a skeptic that God exists. Right. Can you ex- expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, apologetic you know, is the, you know, the, uh, 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 the, Greek, the Greek apologia is, it, it means, means a defense. The, the, the apology of Plato uh, is, is Socrates' speech in defense of himself. So apologetics in like the religious sense is to defend belief or to defend particular doctrines of belief. It's not an offensive exercise. It's, it's not evangelism. You're not making converts by doing apologetics. What you're doing, it's a defensive gesture. It's a defensive move that says, you know, this is, you know, you, you may not think this is true, but it's reasonable. A, a reasonable person could believe that this is true. Uh, it, it's, it's not totally outside the scope of reason to believe, you know, that God exists or whatever. Uh, it, <clears throat> or, and so, and so, it, but, the, 
and this is, I think what I, what I characterize as the movie as is like an apologetic fantasy, which is, it, it's this weird kind of, and it's a very common genre in a lot of Christian circles, evangelical, Catholic, uh, and like mainland Protestant alike, where it's, it's, it's this fantasy of like, you know, you're, you're going to learn apologetics. You're going to, you're going to learn the arguments. You're going to learn how to, how to own the libs and own the atheists. And if you do that, if you own them hard enough with the logic of the Lord, then they're all going to, then they're all going to convert, uh, immediately. And, uh, and that's, yeah, and, and so that's just not the work that apologetics can do at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that, which is interesting. So, uh, you know, because somebody like Aquinas is interested in giving positive arguments for the existence of God. Sure. But you you would see that the, the kind of role of giving those arguments is a little bit different. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, it's, again, it's, it's a, the role is to say, you know, that, that there are there are modes of reasoning that are not without validity by which one could plausibly arrive at this belief um that which which is not which by which one could arrive at this belief in an intellectual sense uh in in an epistemological sense but that's not the same thing as like making a convert or someone that's not the same thing as having religious faith and i mean i'm to some extent not sure i i can't give a complete account of maybe what it means to have religious faith because i I'm not entirely sure about that myself, and it's a a, a, a a complicated topic that a lot of people have a lot of very very severe disagreements about. Uh, but it's yeah. but it's definitely not a mere sort of you know a mere kind of intellectual assent, which is all that apologetics can do. Yeah, I, I mean, so my understanding of at least. Um of at least the kind of thread of the Catholic intellectual tradition somebody like Aquinas is in Mm -hmm. has always been that um, it's that there's supposed to be like reason is supposed to be able to take you like, you know, 75% of the way there or something or I don't know, maybe not 75, but certainly partway, partway there, right? Because, because like you're supposed to be able to get to the existence of like God as a first cause and maybe the that, you know, natural law morality, just mm-hmm. uh just through the use of 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 reason and i don't know i guess uh empirical evidence maybe and uh but then like the sort of um but then like special revelation having the religious faith in that larger sense that you're talking about that there's that there's something there's something extra rational that's supposed to be going on there yeah uh no i, I right the, the, <clears throat> the, the, there's there's something there that you can't necessarily arrive at by thinking about it and processing, you know, the, the you know the average experience of, of a person. Um, you know, I think um, natural law gets an extremely bad rap, and I think correctly so because it's mostly the kind of stalking horse of a bunch of like really nasty uh, like right wing people who are really really obsessed with like what you do in your sex life. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, and I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I'm so I, I think that well, I think a lot of that natural law tradition, I think, is is kind of intellectually bankrupt in a lot of ways. Um, but that's not to say that I think there's not that it's not something you can cogently talk about. Um, but I think you know, t- but I think talking talking in a in a way that's not like total nonsense. Um, requires, I think, going back to, uh, you know, requires having some conversations that I think a lot, of, a lot of people on the on the religious right don't don't, don't want to have uh, about like what are the things that a person actually needs? Like you know, it, 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 if <clears throat> is it, uh, you know, if 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 you start asking because we you know there are things that are natural to us. You know, we, there are needs we have that are natural. Mm-hmm. Um, people need food. People need sleep. People need the companionship of other people. Um, uh, you know that that's something you can arrive at by reason. Um, and uh, you know w- w- when you start thinking about like if, if you if you posit it 
as a, you know a, an end that like people want to be want to leave sat, you know lives full of satisfaction uh, you know <clears throat> you can start going a lot of a lot of the way toward you know frankly what looks like a, 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 a you know some kind of you know equal distribution of resources and the like right. but um, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation um, because I think we you know we live in a country in which we literally religious institutions are by and large incredibly reactionary forces right uh, they are tied up with political reaction they are tied they're tied up if you know with capital um, in various ways you know, in in the U.S. in the U.S. they're mostly you know it's it's mostly a, a, a capital thing, but you know over you know in places like Europe and places like like uh, Central and South America, you know you, you you where you still have a lot of remnants of a real like feudal aristocracy. Uh, that's that's that that's often where you find the church, right? Um, and 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 that's a huge problem because the 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 interests of the church as an institution are you know obviously are going to affect uh, and and you know govern the, the way that the church institutionally is 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 acting as a as a as a political entity which which it absolutely is yeah so this actually does get into something interesting that i might talk about a little bit because mm-hmm. um you know, there are a lot of different directions we go with this conversation, and and since you know, certainly beneath everything else, um, I'm a huge philosophy nerd, so I could very happily just what? like sit here, you know, argue about the problem of evil or something for 45 minutes. I'd be very <laughs> happy. I'd be very happy to do it, you know. But uh, but uh, but but I am interested in in the political aspect because I I think okay. So on the one hand, um, like. I think that the idea that, you know, I mean, the various things that uh, people have on a sort of both grassroots and intellectual level, like advocated within the rubric of Christianity or any other religious tradition are are broad enough that I think you can certainly find like good stuff there and you can find Mm -hmm. like you can find stuff that you can that you can sort of. you know, you can develop progressive or even socialist arguments out of, uh, and, and I'm, you know, and, and I always, uh, and honestly, you know, even, um, you know, I, I'm always like, despite being an atheist, you know, I always have, uh, always tell people like whenever the subject comes up, right. You know, I, I, I do have, uh, tremendous respect for, you know, the, the Christian left and to, uh, and, and, and so the gimmicky thing I always do is I'll always say, like, for example, like Dr. King or Cornel West or my wife, Jennifer Burgess, you know, which, uh, which, which that, that last one at least tends to convince people that I really need it. But, but, um, but, but I, I do wonder, even though obviously there is this, you know, giant and multifaceted, you know, Catholic leftist tradition, uh, you know, I do wonder about some of the ways that's complicated a little bit by the fact that you're talking not just about like a religious belief system, but by an actual institution that is mm-hmm. uh, that you know exists and has existed historically, and and is uh, and is hierarchical and and has you know tended for the most part you know to to be allied with like other institutions of power you know throughout history. Yeah, no. That that's I think that's that's a tension that you find expressed. I think perhaps most sharply in you know in in the most you know in real probably the most like radical contemporary tradition of Catholic thought, which is the the liberation theology that arri- that arises out of Latin America in the seventies or so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and and that that begin, that sort of a, that's a people's you know movement, right? Uh, and it, uh, you know it's uh, it's thinkers it's thinkers primarily are not it's thinkers are not bishops and they're not um, uh, they're not generally sort of cloistered you know cloistered academics they're usually pastors who are work, who are in sort of direct contact with with uh, with 
people's movements with stru- people's people's movements that are struggling for various kinds uh, of, of economic justice, um, and that you know there, uh, and I think you you see that tension in the fact that you know the, the, this movement gets part of the history of this movement is that is that it gets split um, like pretty early on. You have mm-hmm. like a a lot of thinkers, people like like Lan, like Leonardo Boff. Who eventually get excommun- get excommunicated by the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, their 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 line of thinking led them so you know so far into institutional critique uh, that they uh, you know they, they ended up crossing a line and 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 getting excommunicated. Um, and you know, on the other side of that line, and it's and it's a thin line. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 these people are not very far from one another intellectually. Um, you have, uh, you know, you, you have you have someone like 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 Father Gustavo Gutierrez, who mm-hmm. is you know ha, who you know got an emeritus position teaching theology at Notre Dame, uh, mm-hmm. and you know is is, is you know very, has, has all the stamps of legitimacy, got his doctorate in theology from the, from, from the Sorbonne, um, you know, and, and 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 was never really under serious ecclesiastical censure. Um, so, and, and you know, I think part, I think part of the, well, I think part of the way that this ends up functioning, and I, I at least saw myself as, as a, uh. you know, as a, as a, you know, as a, you know, Catholic on the ground who has no real aspirations to any kind of ecclesiastical position. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of Catholics have a fairly have a fairly cynical attitude toward the toward like anybody anybody above their local priest and occasionally toward their mm-hmm. local priest as well you know it, it's it's almost sort of a, a given it's almost a, a, a given and it, and I think you find this attitude expressed pretty commonly in the history of Christianity uh, in general that, that a a posture of cynicism toward the clergy is often the, is like historically often the norm. Uh, it's sort of presumed that like <clears throat> the institutional form that the church takes is itself like uh, going to produce a kind of endemic corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, and of course, a lot, a lot of the, and you have a lot of reform movements. Uh, you know, that you have. You know, Early, you have a, a lot of which get re, a lot of which get rebranded eventually as heresies, but some of which actually actually succeed. Um, uh, early on, you have the Donatists. Uh, in, uh, in in early modern France, you have the Jansenists. You know these movements for reform that are that you know see the this like vast institutional corruption, which is definitely real, mm-hmm. um, and. And are like and say you know you know no we we can do better than this and we should do better than this and again I think a lot of these they they end up they, they end up producing internal reform but then they themselves also end up getting excommunicated um, so it, it, it you you have this constant cycle of criticism of criticism and mm-hmm. of uh, you know of you know, long-standing recognition of that this this is a deeply corrupt. These institutions are deeply corrupt. Uh, there is this unimaginable wealth. Um, uh, that it's it, the I, I, maybe maybe that's the one place where I might push back on some okay. kinds of criticism. That that you know, oh, you know, you have the you know, um, like you know, the, 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 yeah, the, the 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 sort of st- standard one you hear all the time is like, oh. The Vatican Museum has all this like incredibly valuable artwork, uh-huh. and like you know, you know, if the how how much good could they do if they sold off all this artwork and you know and like distributed the money or whatever, right? And like, yes, but who's buying the artwork is my question. Like, because I think, I mean. <clears throat> It's it, 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 you know, I think I think that's that's a very easy one because I think it's it, like I think it is categorically better that this stuff be in a museum than it than it than that it be sure. like uh, stashed away on some like rich guy's little yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
uh, where they're gonna like reenact Solo, and it's gonna be you know just really unspeakable shit. Um, like, <clears throat> but you know, but uh, and and I think maybe you and, and I think maybe you can even take it as far as like, oh, you know, you have these like very opulent churches, and it's like, yes, yes. On the other hand, like a lot, you know, you have a lot of these that are that work that you know, are very very old and that were like these like products of like generations of communal investments in their construction and that's like oh we you know we've we've been, that that have been built up specifically as like you know rich public spaces and <clears throat> for, that are that are that are open to be and i mean i the the more difficult version of that is like you know are you know how open are they uh especially in an era in an era in an era of religious pluralism, where you know, we, you know, we're in the United States. We live in a country that is, you know, where we have we have freedom of religion. The church is not a state institution. Yeah. So these, and one of the results of that is like these, you know, these aren't really these are maybe not public spaces anymore. They're they're not they're not attached to the state. They're not necessarily for the use of everyone. Yeah. Um, or at least there's a sense that these are not for the use of everyone. I mean, you know, I don't like. I don't think practically anybody's going to be turned away from from like wanting to look at a nice Catholic church or whatever. But sure. you know, does everyone feel like they can go there? Probably not. Like uh, a lot of people may feel like I don't have business here, and that's not even getting into like what you know the, the, what happens when like you know a you know a person who is who is maybe who is maybe unhoused who maybe who maybe you know needs 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 some money just to, just to eat for the day shows up you know what 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 happens then that I mean, that's that's often really really ugly um and, yeah and so, so like yeah i, I mean the, the 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 i mean i i mean, think they would say is like this is this is this is you know this is a problem that like vexes that continues to vex lots and lots of Catholics, lots and lots of religious people in general. Um, <clears throat> I think Catholics maybe more than most because the religion is so centralized. Yeah, um, right. And, and that's and that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, right. Like, like okay. So, so clearly, as a matter of like sociological fact, uh, mm-hmm. there is. You know, tons. You know, there are tons and tons and tons of people who are like very devout Catholics who right. who disagree with and have problems of many kinds with like the yeah. the hierarchy of the church, of course, right? right. But yeah. uh, but but I guess one thing I I do wonder about, right, is you know, I mean, presumably, right, part of what makes what you actually like, especially somebody like you who you know isn't just sort of like you know, I don't know, like absorbing some. Uh, you know, some like folk Catholicism from, you know, upbringing or whatever, but like you actually like think about this stuff and like, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. like, like presumably part of the difference between what you believe and, you know, what a Protestant believes uh, actually mm-hmm. does has, have to do with your attitude towards the church as a, at, you know, like, like the, you know, the actual church and it's, it's hierarchy and all that. Right. So, so like, so like one way of asking the question maybe would be, yeah. um, you know, would be like, Okay, I mean, it's sort of simple-minded theological question, maybe, but like, yeah. uh, if you actually believe that there is some extent to which I don't know, the Holy Spirit guides, you know, the uh, the church as an institution, to what extent does this complicate all of the many complaints that you've expressed about the uh, church as an institution? Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that it does. I mean, because okay. I, mean, I, I, I think I think the complaint, I think the complaints are straightforward, in that like you know. Like this stuff is bad, and it needs, and and, it, and it, as far as possible, as possible, they need to be forced to change it. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I, you know, I think the, <clears throat> I mean, the, 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 actually, I mean, this go, going back to you know what I said about movements for reform. I mean, th- this was sort of this was one of the central like questions that sort of governed the Donatist controversy that was playing out when when Augustine was Bishop of Hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had. In, in their in, in, in their case, it, it, you know the specifics. It was you know the, the, these these priests who had like under pressure from the Roman Empire had had, had denounced the church, uh, 
and then and then later on they 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 did penance and repented and 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 you know and and, and we're gonna go be priests again um and the donors were like were like you know this sucks like the, the, you know, the, these guys did a really really you know what is in our eyes a really terrible thing right um, yeah the you know you know the, the the priest. You know the, our priest should our priests and our leaders and our bishops should all be should be people of like upstanding moral character, right? And you know is, doesn't this like place our souls in danger? Um, you know doesn't you know does doesn't this in some way sort of diminish the sanctity of the church? Um, yeah. And and um and you know uh, the, the Augustine's eventual reply is is like. Yes, I mean, in one sense, yes; in one sense, no. In yeah. the sense that, like, certainly, it gives scandal to everyone. You know, it 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 diminish it diminish it, it it does like wound the church. It is bad for the church. It's bad for the faithful. It makes it you know having 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 representatives of the church doing horrible shit. Right. Um, is 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 unequivocally bad. It damages it damages people's faith. It might make them think that doing horrible shit is okay. Yeah. Um, he said. Then on the other hand, he said, you know, that's and that's where you get into sort of you know the, the work of the Holy Spirit, right? That, that, yeah. In terms of the integrity of the sacraments, uh, in, in terms of the like the integrity mm-hmm. of the mass of of the you know the of the, the things that they do as priests. Right, com- 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 communion yeah. is st- communion is still communion, even if you're given right. it by yeah. a bad priest, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. right. That, that, yeah, that, the sacraments still work, which is to say, like, and 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 that that and I think paradoxically, I think that's that's a really important thing for the ordinary person that, like, mm-hmm. that you know, even like you 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 are like you personally, your moral life is not put in special danger. Because like it turns out that the guy that, that like the guy who was offering you the sacraments is like a real piece right, of shit. Right. Like that like there is there is a there is a, a sense uh, uh, you know through you know through through the operation of grace through in in a, in a mysterious way you know God guarantees the integrity of of the sacraments and that you know when you confess. And when you make a good confession, you know it, it, it's good. When you receive communion, it's good. When you when your when your kid is baptized, it's, it's, it, it it works. Um, and and that's not threatened by the fact you know at, at that 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 there's that there's a bad person doing it. Um, and that and and I think ironically that I th- I think it seems to me that sets the stage for. You know, a, a posture of robust criticism of you know the moral actions of the hierarchy and of the institutional church. Right. Um, you, like that, that allows you to, that allows you from within the church to be able to say, you know, like you know this like this crew of bishops is a bunch of pieces of shit. Like you know, I'm gonna say it right now. Like Joseph Bishop Joseph Strickland, the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, is like an insane Trump guy. He's a piece of shit. Um, right. You know, he, he, he he's you know he he's like supporting these these like weird like the, the, you probably saw the video of that of that like like lunatic priest Father James Altman who was like yeah if you you know if you're a Catholic you can never vote for a Democrat ever um, <laughs> and like you know on the I want to I want to say yes to that but for entirely different reasons um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> uh, but and 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 you know and 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 this guy's not even in Strickland's territory, right? You know he's been, he you know he got censured by his own bishop because his own bishop is like relatively sensible. But then you know this guy, this Strickland guy, Bishop Strickland is like, oh no, this guy is being unfairly attacked. And it's like, like dude, it's not even your, he's not even yours. Like back the fuck off. Uh, right. You know, not your horse, not your horse, uh, you know, not your horse race, or you know, not your circus, not your monkeys. Um, the, and I think yeah, so and I think. Establishing that, like, there are establishing for certain, like, there are pieces of shit in in the hierarchy, and you know you can be critical of them. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to be afraid of exposing them. That exposing them is gonna is gonna endanger you know the integrity of like the spiritual life because it's not. Uh, so I think right. that that problem I think was you know happily was you know thought on and solved by someone much smarter than I am. 
Um, All right. Um, Fair enough. I mean, let's. Uh, yeah, let's let, let's just get uh, there. I know we have a couple of callers. Uh, let's uh, yeah, let's yeah. just see see if we can get them in before we go. Uh, Kusha, what's on your mind today? Hello, Ben. Thank you so much for having me back on again. Um, and it's a pleasure to hear from Dan and to be able to ask him some questions and have some dialogue with him. Yeah. So one thing is, I'm very curious uh, about religion in general, and um, I have a book. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but it's called The Bad Popes by E.R. Chamberlain. It was gifted to me by a dear friend of my family. He passed away not too long ago. His name is, his name is Maziar uh, Rouhani. Maziar Rouhani. He's a Iranian public health um, expert. Mm-hmm. And so he gave me a variety of books. This is one of them. And one thing that I'm curious about to know for you, because I believe it's the case for most people who are Catholic, unless I'm mistaken, yeah, is this notion of uh, papal, uh, papal uh, infallibility? First, mm-hmm. I want—is that something that you believe in? That the doctrine, yeah. this doctrine, that yeah, um, yeah, I would say so. It's, a, it's a dogma of the First Vatican Council. Okay. Yeah, so, 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 so. Vatican Council, yes, that like from 1869 to 1870, that essentially it was pretty clearly defined, if I'm not mistaken, the dogma yeah. that the Pope, as the head of the Catholic Church, is infallible. And essentially represents the will and word of God on earth, correct? Uh, under, um, speaking. Under very, very specific circumstances, yes. Ben, did you have, like, were you about to contest that? Uh, well, okay, I was just going to say, I mean, I think this is what, uh, Dad just said. I don't, I don't fully understand the details, but I think it's, but I, but I think the phrase I've heard is that, I think the the official doctrine is that the Pope is infallible when speaking ex cathedra or something like that. Yes, yes, I've heard the term as well, ex cathedra. So yes, yes. maybe Dan can enlighten us a little bit about what that actually Please means. Please yes, it, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it, it is one of the. It is one of the best cover your ass moves in the history of. Uh, in, in, in the history of theological debate. Uh, it. <clears throat> The, the basically the doctrine goes that the pope the pope is is preserved from error specifically when teaching the whole church about and about a question of faith and morals when he proclaims a doctrine when he proclaims that a doctrine is to be held by the whole church uh, <clears throat> he uh, uh, as uh, dogmatically he will he will he will be preserved from teaching erroneously. Um, and, and, and that, that, so that's the, that's, that's how it's spelled out. What, the, what that effectively does is it dramatically narrows the scope of, 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 of when you could, when you can consider a Pope infallible. Um, and this is, and this is, and this is all to the good because a lot of Popes, you know, as, as that book suggests are, uh, in fact, pieces of shit. Um. Uh, some of those popes have now been canonized, and were in fact, and were still pieces of shit. Um, so yeah, and, I'm I'm very curious about that because if on the one hand, like the Catholic Church gives the Pope this great authority and supremacy and authority, on the other hand, it has like this catch-all, as you say, like it has, the Pope has to be working, speaking ex cathedra. It seems like there's pretty much no time that a Pope can be, or like this very institution in which the Pope is the leader of this entire religious uh, denomination can be at fault. I mean, you could say, I mean, with uh, essentially what it does is it says, like, you can have terrible Popes, like, for instance, Pope John Paul, sorry, Pope John XII, or Pope uh, Benedict IX, or Pope Urban VI. And if you see E.R. Chamberlain's work, you'll see that, for instance, Pope John XII, who was Pope from 955 to 964 CE, uh, mm-hmm. during one of his synods, I believe, in 1963 CE, there's mm-hmm. uh, accounts of how he was, quote, that he had charges that, quote, that he had killed John, Cardinal Subdeacon, after castrating him, and that he had set fires uh, with this girded on a sword and put on a helmet and cuirass, cuirass, cuirass end mm-hmm. quote. And so, I mean, there are other charges that they're quoting by Louis Marie de Cormeny, being quote, a robber, murderer, and incestuous person, end quote. And then the other one, Pope Benedict IX, he is famous for 
selling the papacy to his godfather, John Pope Urban VI was one who had cardinals who conspired against him. He had them tortured. And on page 153 of this book, uh, it's written that he complained um, by the fact that, like, essentially their screams were not loud enough. And even those around him were just so degraded by what was taking place with this torture of, of these different uh, religious figures. So I'm really curious to know how that's justified by those who, at, on the one hand, believe in the supremacy of the Pope and authority of the Pope, and then recognize that popes are human beings. Many of those human beings who have that type of authority, historically, in, in at least the case of the, the papacy, have acted in the most heinous and disgusting of ways. Well, I, 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 and, I, and, I, well and I think that's, that's where the... Um, both, well, I think, one, both the narrowness of the doctrine of infallibility, which I think, which, which is, which, which I, 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 I want to highlight because I think, yeah, I think that is really crucial because uh, it, it's when when you talk when, when you talk about the doctrine of table infallibility, specifically infallibility at in, in, in the in the office of a teacher of doctrine, right? That he's not going to teach false doctrine. That's that's the scope of it. That's that that's it. Um, and, you know, it, 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 and, and it's, well, I mean, it's unfortunate I, because I, I wish, I wish we, I wish there was, I wish we could justify a doctrine that the, that a Pope was not going to act like a piece of garbage, but, um, you know, the, um, I guess the, 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 the sort of quick, the sort of quick answer there is like that, the, you know, that we're not, we're not guaranteed that they're not going to act heinously. Um, I mean, I would bring up a more, re- I would bring up an even more recent example. Um, Pope John Paul II, who was Canada, who has been canonized. He's Pope St. John Paul II now. Pope, you know, po- he was, he was the Pope, he was Pope at the start of my lifetime. Um, and he allowed the most, like some of the most unspeakable, uh, horrific, uh, abuse of children uh, and look and and would basically look the other way, provided that you raise enough money and you were sufficiently anti-communist. Um, there's a <clears throat> there's a book there's a book by by the French journalist uh, Frederick Martel called In the Closet of the Vatican that goes into really really horrifying detail about this. Um, and <clears throat> you know the, the and and you know in, in that you know. He was making horrendous, breathtaking moral errors that, that you know, hopefully he will have to account for. Um, but, uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't teaching doctrine. And so there's no guarantee that he's going um, that, to, that, that, yeah, there's no guarantee that he's going to be correct. I mean, from... To frame it another way, to frame it another way, the Pope, the, the Pope's teaching is the thing that is guaranteed by God. Uh, that's it. And, and it, you know, the when the Pope is so, so when the Pope is teaching ex cathedra, which most popes don't do, for the record, like there have been like only a few infallible papal pronouncements. Uh, uh, you know, since since the doctrine was codified, um, <clears throat> most, most, most popes don't make use of it at all. Um, but when when they're doing when, when they're doing that, it's when the pope is doing that, it's God's teaching. When the pope is doing absolutely anything else, he's on his own. Um, Do you believe that? Yeah, uh, because again, I think that's. That yeah, you know, that's that's a way that you can that's a way that you can that you can say you know that the Catholic Church can teach correctly can, can teach dogma correctly, um, and also um, be, and also be run by by you know this immensely corrupt gerontocracy. Uh, how, how do you know, like for instance, if you have hope? You said it's only used a few times. I don't have like a listing of all the times this ex cathedra mm-hmm. has been used. But if you have, for instance, and obviously this is something that could be investigated, a pope on one hand, he's as corrupt as John, a uh, pope, sorry, uh, you were saying John Paul II, where I was giving yeah. an example of John the Twelfth, who is a murderer, or Benedict the Ninth, or Urban the Sixth. 
You have the same Pope. You give him a window of opportunity to carry out anything he wants, and then, you know, it's not an issue because he's not ex-cathedra. But as soon as he starts speaking ex-cathedra, all followers of the Pope have to recognize that this is infallible, and it's God's will, and it's correct, and it's, it's, it's flawless. It, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, this is an issue that goes back to Germany um, I mean, in the 16th century when the 95 Thesis of Martin Luther, Martin Luther put out. I'm not religious, but even in the split within the religion of Christianity, the, the whole Protestant movement came as a result of how historically corrupt the majority of the popes have been, selling indulgences, manipulating the church for their own personal benefit, <clears throat> to the detriment of the society, people living in deep poverty, um, so on and so forth. So, Wars. Yeah, so I mean, one thing that occurs to me here that it might just be the, the sort of uh, division here, right, is that if you have, if you think, um, I mean, if you believe uh, in the precepts of the religion, then it might actually make sense to, I mean, to believe that, you know, I mean, it's, it's I mean, I think no more unreasonable than anything else, right, that you could think that, uh, that, a really corrupt, bad person who's pope uh, that uh, that God would specifically constrain them against uh, teaching false doctrine to the entire church, uh, and so that just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't come up, mm. right? You know, well, so so because so, because they because the because God, you know, who's omnipotent would would stop it from happening. I mean, that, that's the claim, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. The claim, it's 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 not. I mean, I, I think that. I mean, and this is the part that you know that is taken you know again this, this it's the it's the it's the it's the part that you take up on faith when you sign up uh you know it's it's not the thing it's not a thing you arrive at uh it, it's not a thing you arrive at by reason um but it's but it's part of the package um and there's a whole panoply of like you know I get, I, you know, apologetic defenses of like, oh, you know, this is what, you know, well, this is why this, this is why this ends up making sense in the long run. This is why this ends up, you know, making sense in light of everything else uh, that the church teaches. Um, those are extremely tedious, and we, and we don't have time to get into them. Um, yeah, I mean, but, but I think, but I think that is all that is going to be the basic difference, right? Because right. like, because. No, because, like, as a secularist, right, of course, obviously, my inclination is, like, who should just be like, okay, well, wait a second. It's a good right. thing that, you know, you don't happen to have, you know, a pope uh, who's uh, who's speaking ex-cathedra and, and, and to, yeah. to say, say something horrible. But the thing that you're accepting on faith there is that is that it, it wouldn't happen. So well, I, I, right. Right. I mean, I, right. I think, the, the, you know, the thing is that, you know, we it, there's – I mean, we can say – we can say that you know. I think we can say so far that there haven't been um, there haven't been occasions that would raise eyebrows, and there haven't yet there hasn't yet been an occasion that would raise an eyebrow and you know sort of cause us to say to, to reevaluate it. Um, and right. you know, and and the, the 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 thing and the thing you accept on faith is that there won't be. Right there we go. Okay. Uh, so I did. Thank you so much for the call, Kusha. Uh, I did want to move on to uh, Chase. What's on your mind today, Chase? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, so I had two questions. Um, my first question is about Francis in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. He's done, I believe, three encyclicals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what uh, the third one is about, but I know basically the, uh, the topic on one of them is climate change and the other one is um, inequality. Yeah. Um, and uh, correct me, what's what's the third topic on the third encyclical? Do you, uh, do you recall? The, uh, the, uh, the third one uh, – the, the, third, the third one is was, was like human solidarity. Okay. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that, that bolsters my, um, I guess, the point of my question, which is, to what extent is Francis's, um, uh, uh, the things he focuses on, to what extent is that a shift of emphasis in already existing Catholic dogma and, 
to what extent is it an innovation? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, did Benedict and Paul have these same elements, but they were just kind of tucked away behind the uh, the other political emphases around, you know, family and <clears throat> so forth? Um, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, I think I think one of the, one thing one thing I think that it, that's really crucial to remember about Francis is he he's the first pope from the Americas. You know, he 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 he, he he's he's from Argentina, um, and so he uh, you know he witnessed firsthand uh, you know the 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 liberation struggles in Latin America. I mean, he 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 he, he saw. He saw. For, I mean, he he had <clears throat> he had priests when he when he was bishop of Buenos Aires, um, <clears throat> and when when he was the superior of the Jesuits in in Argentina, he, he had priests who were like being held for ransom or even disappeared by the government. Um, right. And <clears throat> so he, <clears throat> I mean, he, Fran, I mean, Francis is the first non-European pope in over a thousand years, um, and that's a huge thing. Um, so I think the fact that he has had that personal encounter with, um, with the things that people in the, in the global South, uh, in exploited countries are facing, uh, really colors the things that he wants to focus on as Pope. Um, you know, he, he was down there with the people, with people who are among those who are going to be most affected by climate change. Um, you know, you know, I mean, Ar- you know, Ar- Argentina is, is 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 you know close to the Amazon. Uh, that's a huge thing for that affects the lives of all the people who live down there. Um, and you know, and he's also you know he's a he's a pope who. Uh, and I, well, I would say I would say he he has a more he had a more um, nuanced. And mixed encounter with also you know with you know the various like 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 hard left um, you know liberationist even militant movements um, you know the, for the popes in Europe uh, you know they you know but it's especially for uh, for John Paul II um, uh, you know who John, John Paul II was Polish. Obviously, you know, the experience of the experience of Poland um, with the Soviet Union was really, really not a good one. Um, and and then and then you know and you know Benedict is, is, was a conservative from Bavaria, um, and and so and their you know their view of like the left and of, of like the you know, Marxist communist left is really profoundly negative. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was the European, you know, the Soviet Union was the European boogeyman. Um, down in Latin America, it's a little different. You know, you, you, you know, you, you had left, you know, socialist and communist movements that were like fighting against, you know, these, in, these like insanely repressive, uh, you know, you know, fascist to fascist adjacent governments or, or military juntas that were propped up by the United States, by the people who were supposedly defending us from communism. Um, and and you know, propped up in the name of you know propped up in the name of defending us from communism, and then you know allowed to do all this like insanely horrible shit. Um, so I think the the fact that Francis witnesses that firsthand you know, also gives him makes him a lot more willing to talk about to talk in in I should say to to talk more frequently and about you know the depredations of global capitalism. And the ways in which it fucks up the lives of everybody who's not um, in one of like five countries. No, absolutely. Um, to, to piggyback off that, I guess, mm-hmm. um, from what I can see, I live in a, a pretty Catholic city um, in Dubuque, mm-hmm. Iowa, and mm-hmm. uh, and there's a there's a strong cohort of sort of progressive left wing Catholicism here. But my experience with a lot of Catholics in America has been kind of to basically ignore the Pope's pronouncements and wait for him to die. Um, I mean, is that an unfair characterization of a lot of parishes? In um, the United no, States? I don't think, no, no, I don't think so at all. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the, 
the political picture of Catholics in America is indistinguishable from the political picture of America as a whole. Right. Um, that, that's, I mean, that's a, <clears throat> that's a really like, I, I think that's a really salient like demographic fact I think, for understanding a lot of this. But like, <clears throat> Catholics in America are politically invisible. Um, they have ca- <clears throat> Catholics who identify as Democrats vote like Democrats. Catholics who identify as Republicans vote like Republicans. Um, and you know, and then there's like, and then there's like weirdos on the fringe, um, you know, both on the left, like me, and and you know, about about three dozen other people on Twitter, uh, and then and and on the right, like, I think, I mean, I think in both cases, I mean, or realistically, most people's relationship to the Pope is dependent on like whether he's saying things they like, right. um, you know, that I mean, and, and that I think that applies for everybody. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, um, you know. I, you know, I think a lot, you know, Francis's, Francis's stuff on like, on like global political economy, um, and, and environmentalism is awesome. Uh, um, I think his stuff on like, and, 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 you know, and then, you know, as a, you know, as a gay Catholic, you know, I think his, his stuff on like, on gay people and gay rights is better than previous Pope. It's not good. Um, And then you know, and then and then his you know his his a lot of a lot a lot of what comes out of out of his mouth about about trans people is just like plainly wrong, um, and you know it's <clears throat> I mean like I said I you know I, I like the guy uh, in general, um, I think he's a step up, but I think for most people it's you know a lot of people <clears throat> I mean uh, you know m- more conservative Catholics loved Benedict and loved John Paul II. Um, you know, the John, John Paul II is sort of the darling of like the the American Catholic neocons because it's you know all anti-communism all the time, um, and you know was pretty silent about like American interventionism uh, in you know against the Soviet Union. Uh, you know Benedict for a lot of conservatives is you know Benedict was like the darling of like the Latin Mass people because he he let them say the Latin Mass more and he was like this very he was this like pretty uncharismatic, you know, professor of theology who somehow got elevated to the papacy. And he, he had taken a hard line on a lot of like social issues and they really liked that. Um, you know, there, uh, some of them, and, and a lot of progressive Catholics really hated both, really hated both of those popes, you know, yeah. and progressive Catholics like Francis a lot more, you know, yeah. it's <clears throat> the way people see the Pope, I think is, you know, in practice, on all sides, owes a lot more to you know what what else they believe than it does to the fact that they're Catholic. Yeah, um, well, thanks for that. I, I had one other quick question. Um, yeah, you write for Commonweal, is that right? I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I've, I've contributed. I've, I've contributed a, a few pieces to Commonweal, and I, I you know, I, they're a place I submit to uh, regularly. Okay. Um, have you, by chance, read the book uh, The Enchantments of Mammon by Eugene McCarraher? Uh, I absolutely have. In fact, I reviewed it for Current Affairs. Oh, awesome. All right, then I, you're the guy to talk to. Well, I, when I read that book, I, I was astounded. I, I thought it was just one of the more interesting books I've read over the last few years. Uh, um, and Gene, really... Gene is... A, so, oh, yeah, go Gene, ahead. No, Gene, no, Gene, yeah, Gene is great. Uh, for, for, for those in the audience... Yeah, it's a book by by Eugene McCarraher, who is a uh, is a professor. He's a professor of history. Uh, I think he's at Nova. I think he's at Villanova. Um, and he uh, this book this book this book is almost nine hundred pages long. Uh, do not let that dissuade you, because unlike a lot of academics, Gene McCarraher can write. Uh, that's one of the most remarkable things about it. Uh, but you no, know, go go on with your question. No, it's 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 an astounding book, and I loved it. Um, but uh, I mean, the chief thesis in that book is basically that capitalism is a religion; it's an alternative religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to know what you thought about that thesis. Um, and you know, is that an insight that um, people who write about theological issues? And I confess, I'm I'm an atheist, but mm-hmm. yeah. I love that book all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think there are special insights that theology brings to bear on these issues? Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I, I do think so. Because uh, so I because I think the way 
mean, yeah, because Macarius' thesis is that like capitalism is basically a, you know, he, he's he's writing against you know the sort of the thesis of Max Weber you know, with you know uh, the Protestant ethic and the spirit of capitalism, you know, this the sort of ca- one of the canonical founding texts of sociology. Um, Weber says, you know, there was like you had sort of the medieval world where everything he's where everything was 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 enchanted as it were that you know you you had where people people you know experience people you know subjectively experienced sort of the present the, the presence of god the presence of the saints and it was sort of it was something they could they could see all around that was part of their experiential world um and with 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 the the protestant reformation and the enlightenment you you had you had the the, the disenchantment of the world uh and and you 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 immer- pe- it, we gradually transitioned into into a world that it, you know of, of of pure materialism um that with without 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 this sort of <clears throat> you know without this sort of mystical overtone um that's Weber and McCarrhurst says no that didn't happen actually he's, he's just you know disenchantment never happened what we had was a different kind of enchantment. What we had was was what, what we what we got was you know the the mystification of capital. Um, <clears throat> um, I mean, I think that's correct, um, and I think I think that like what what specifically what 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 a theological critique can bring to this is a highly developed critique of idolatry uh, and why and, and why idolatry is bad for people. Um, which is that uh, you know the, the why, <clears throat> why the you know why the why the the installation of false gods is bad. I mean, I, I am I am I am absolutely someone who would say that a, that atheism is better is 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 worlds better than idolatry. Uh, I would much <clears throat> I would <clears throat> I would much rather have I would I would much rather have uh, and you know like you know. I would much rather have somebody who says there are no gods whatsoever than someone who who you know is worshiping capital. Uh, and 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 what and McCarraher argues there that what we have you know our 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 social our social religion is actually just the worship of capital. Uh, and 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 you know and you know yeah his critique as as you know as a, as a Catholic leftist is you know is, this is idolatry. I mean this is this is this is a full religion and it is a false religion. Uh, and 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 it needs to be disposed of uh, because because it, it doesn't reflect the way things are. It doesn't reflect, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorite one of my favorite sections of that book is his 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 critique of the, of the uh, his critique of the idea of scarcity. Uh, he's like he says you know scarcity is a dogma of economics and it's wrong. He says it's wrong because it's wrong because all of you know all of these wants that we have, all all of these desires we have that are supposedly the basis for scarcity are manufactured desires. They're false desires. The things we actually need, you know, the things we need, the things we actually need, you know, for a full and flourishing human life. Food, you know, adequate food, adequate water, adequate shelter, the company of other people, the opportunity for recreation. All of these things are not actually like limited in any serious way. Like you, we. We actually can do this. I mean, and, you know, this is something that we on the left have been saying for ages. Like, you know, we can feed the whole world ten times over with our productive capacity. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not actually hard. Like, we can make enough food. Uh, we, 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 we can give people water. We can give people housing. And we don't. Uh, this, the scarcity, the scarcity is totally manufactured. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Uh, so... Yeah, we should probably uh, we should probably wrap up for today. Yeah, yeah. Today, I do hope you come back because there's a lot of interesting stuff here that we didn't really touch on very much. Oh, but, yeah, I'd love to. Um, but yeah, no, I think the whole discussion is a good reminder why you know you said you'd uh, prefer that people believe in no gods than uh, the uh, false gods of capital accumulation. I, I I think I would definitely, uh, you know, I will I will definitely take. Uh, Dan Walden's who, uh, who, uh, you know, think that, uh, you know, think seriously about, uh, about morality and, uh, and see the evils of that over, uh, the, any of the legions of people who share my metaphysical views, but somehow also want to, uh, you know, strive towards a world where people would be selling their organs for Bitcoin to make their, you know, make rent. So, yeah. And, uh, and, 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 
at some at some point at some point we at some point we might have to talk about James Lindsay, who is att- who it seems is is attempting to have both of our medical metaphysical views at the same time. <laughs> That's that is very true. Like he's got it. Like he actually came out and do atheism. And I'm not totally clear on what he officially believes now, but he's also always ranting about how like Marxism is a Gnostic heresy and things like that. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's like going in hard with like the religious right people. Like the the the, the Brunings talked about this a little while ago too. But it's like very weird that he's trying to like have both of these. He's trying to you know eat both these cakes at the same time. <laughs> All right. Well, for hundred percent for sure, I will have you back to talk about our friend Conceptual James. But uh, thanks for coming <laughs> in today. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Ben. Bye.